This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Open for Business is powered by Bosbole.com, Malaysia's first online company secretary. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. My name is Rich Bradbury and welcome to Open for Business, the show that dives deep into the journeys of entrepreneurs and innovators who are making their mark on the business world. My name is Rich Bradbury. And of course, today I'm in conversation with uh, Professor Andrew Wong, uh, CEO of E3 Hubs, a man with over a quarter of a century in entrepreneurship and advocate for the development and nurturing of SMEs and startups. Now, in a world still reeling from the impact of a a global pandemic, businesses across Malaysia are navigating through the challenges of inflation, political volatility, searching for a foothold to stabilize and grow. E3 hubs stand as a beacon of support for these businesses, providing incubation, mentorship, and a thriving community network aimed at business upscaling. From leading Mad Incubator, which played a pivotal role in the growth of numerous tech startups, to steering E3 Hubs towards its goal of empowering 50,000 members, Andrew's journey is one of resilience, innovation, and an unyielding commitment to the entrepreneurial spirit. So we're going to be exploring insights and experiences of a man who's at the forefront of fostering entrepreneurial success in Malaysia's dynamic business landscape. Andrew, welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you very much, and thanks for having me in the show. It's a pleasure to have you here, Andrew. Let's start off, I guess, with... um, Start by giving me an overview um, of E3 Hubs and the primary services that you offer to entrepreneurs and SMEs. Okay, to really understand E3 Hub, we have to look back into the history mm. of E3, especially my history, because I've been in the business incubation industry for the last 18 years. And with that, I actually seen a lot of startups, a lot of businesses that have started and grown their business. Uh-huh. So today, I have actually incubated 8,000 plus entrepreneurs over the last 18 years. Yeah. And by, primarily, E3 is an evolution of what I've done previously. Mm-hmm. So I started with my first incubator, which is called MRC Incubator. And then from there, move into MAD Incubator and subsequently evolve into E3 Hubs. Mm-hmm. So E3 Hubs is a bigger game plan compared to what I did previously. And I think now is the right time. Right. So with E3 Hubs, uh, we start to look at entrepreneurship in, uh, in a very international way. And, uh, and with that, all the learnings and methodologies that we have created over the last 18 years mm-hmm. is actually now ready to be harvested. Right. <laughs> and when you say in an international way, what, what do you mean by that? Okay. In the, in the past, right, we actually were playing the Southeast Asian game. I see. Even before magic. Right. Even before magic. Yeah. So we were in Southeast Asia. But... I think we were ahead of our time. So there were a lot of, I won't call it resistance, but challenges. Mm. Especially when you want to internationalize to a different country, even though it's within Southeast Asia, we have to be content with local culture, relationship, yeah. and so on. Yeah, yeah. So we didn't have that. But we made new friends, for sure. But this relationship blossoms only after 
E3 hub was formed. Uh-huh. So it was a very interesting pathway yeah. that we took. And now we are totally ready for internationalization. Now, if you look into how long it has been, we have been taking, I would say probably 10 years before we are ready for internationalization. Before you felt comfortably ready. Right. Is that what you mean? <clears throat> yes, that's right. Right, right. The company, the relationship, the the network that we can build, and so on and so forth. Mm. Where did it come from then? I mean, I mean, you, you talked to me about MAD that you've done before. You have history, of course, with many entrepreneurs. What was the driving force behind E3 Hubs itself? And how has, I, I guess your personal journey within entrepreneurship help you drive what E3 is? Sure. Because um, as we all know, entrepreneurship is often a lonely journey. It is a very lonely journey, you know. <laughs> I started my first business in 1997. And 97 is where the Asian financial crisis yes. happened. And I was there at the wrong place and at the wrong time. Yeah. Right? And because of that... I spent seven years in the Death Valley. Mm. That seven years, I thought at that time, was the most horrible seven years. Mm. So you are right. Entrepreneurship is a very lonely journey. Mm. So imagine you eat nasi lemak and maggie me every day. I was going to say, I suspect you learned a lot about yourself in yeah. that period, right? It, it, I could say that it humbled me. Yeah. Because when, before I went into entrepreneurship, I was a CFO of a company. So having done that and going through an entrepreneurship journey, I just thought that, hey, if I were to put 18 hours of my time at work and I put it in entrepreneurship, I should be a millionaire by now. Yeah. That was the wrong mindset. Right. So in a way, it humbled me mm-hmm. and started to strip me naked and really to the core that I realized that I myself had to change. Mm. But during the process of seven years, I learned a lot. I learned about multitasking, about, you know, building relationships and so on. But bear in mind, when I started my first business as an accountant, I'm a backroom person. You know? yeah. So I'm not out there to go and do networking. And in those days, networking was, you know, dot-com boom. Yeah. Everyone was talking about networking. Yeah. I'm not the type that network. I will go to yeah. a networking event, take my food, and walk to one corner and, and just there. eat. Yeah, I know what you mean. Because for some people, it comes naturally. And for other people, it's something you have to kind of relax into and learn, you know, and observe other people doing it. And not everybody is built to network that way. Correct. Yes. So not everyone is built to network. Mm. But... I realized one thing. My strength is relationship. So I build relationship, and mm. I'm very good at that. Mm, mm. So all the lessons that I've learned over the seven years, I took it and did something very well with it. Mm. So it was only in 2005 that I discovered my passion. And I have to credit the Malaysian Chinese Association, MCA, mm. for giving me that kind of opportunity. Mm. Because why? Because of that, I'm able to build my first incubator. Mm. And when I built my first incubator, I realized this is what I really wanted to do. Mm. Mm. I want to make sure that no entrepreneurs will go through what I've been through before. Mm. Seven years of hell. Mm. I think for an entrepreneur to go through seven years, you probably end up being suicidal. Yeah. Right? You probably end up your life and so on, you know, being in debt. You can imagine. Mm. I was in debt. Mm. 
credit card debt. Mm. I got my car being towed away, you know, then basically nothing left. And then you're, you're thinking, did I make the right decision? Yeah. Yeah. Right. So I do not want entrepreneurs to go through. Right. And that's why I pour a lot of my effort, my experiences in developing entrepreneurs. And that's the reason why I can hit 8,000 entrepreneurs over the last 18 years. I, if you ask me what other businesses I have, I have none. I only want to develop entrepreneurs. Right. Yeah. L- let's talk about then your offerings and, and what is different. Obviously, there are other incubators out there. There are other entrepreneur networks. What does E3 Hubs do different ah. from those in the, in the sector? I... I knew that question will come, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, there are other entrepreneur network. There are even government network like Maranti and so on. But I don't look at them as my competitor. Mm. I also won't look at them for any differentiation because I'm very clear in one thing, and this is my entrepreneurship philosophy. If you want to control the future, you must create the future. So I'm creating that future for entrepreneurs. And what I'm doing now is this. I put the entrepreneur at the center of my universe. And I ask myself, what do we need to have? Fortunately, I have the experience as a failed entrepreneur. So I understand mm. what it's like. Mm. So what I do is I wrap around all the services that I could provide to make sure that they receive business support, market access, and funding access. Actually, these three pillars, right, is an evergreen pillar. Yeah. Every entrepreneur needs it, regardless whether I started in 97 or to today. Yeah. It's still the same. Yeah, yeah. So my business, we wrapped around these three, and I do well in each of these three. Uh-huh. Right. And each of it serving the entrepreneur. So if I serve the entrepreneur, I don't think I will go anywhere. It will not be wrong. Okay. Right? And there will be buying reason. Mm. So what is the buying reason? And this is something that I always advocate to all the entrepreneurs. It's not talking about USP, what is the features, functions, and benefits that you get. But at the end of the day, what is the buying reason? And entrepreneurs want to be successful. Otherwise, they wouldn't do what they're doing. Yeah. yeah. And I give it to them. Yeah. I make them successful. Okay. And that is more important. And how do I make them successful? It's to create all the elements that is not there to make them successful. Opening the doors for them. Giving not them just access. opening the doors. Ah. But the more important thing is making available resources. So this is what we do. Mm. And that's the reason why we also build the community. Mm. Mm. Because when we build this community then we have more resource enablement within the community. That is why it's called E3. Right. E3 is Entrepreneurs Empowering Entrepreneurs. Hold that thought. I need to take a short break. Yes. Folks, I'm in the studio with uh, Andrew Wong, the CEO of E3 Hubs, a man with over a quarter of a century in entrepreneurship and an advocate for the development and nurturing of SMEs and startups. We're having a good chat here in the studio. Of course, we'll be back. And I want to talk to you about that community when we come back, Andrew. I think that's something we should talk a little bit more about. I'll be right back here on Open for Business on BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Open for Business will reopen in a few moments. Powered by BossBully.com, Malaysia's first online company secretary. 
Be financially minded. BFM 89.9. Open for Business is powered by Bosbole.com, Malaysia's first online company secretary. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. My name is Rich Bradbury. Welcome back to Open for Business. I'm here in the studio with Andrew Wong, the CEO of E3 Hubs. Uh, Andrew, just before the break, you were talking about what E3 means. Entrepreneurs enabling entrepreneurs. Empowering. Empowering empowering entrepreneurs. Entrepreneurs. And obviously the, the big thing behind that is this sense of community. Now... As you said, you spent seven years in the wild, um, I'm guessing with, with not much of a community behind you or, or even a community to approach and talk to. Um, what were your first steps when you wanted to create that community? Who did you talk to first? Um, because, you know, whether or not it's government companies, GLCs, MNCs, whatever, they can lock themselves behind these doors and they don't necessarily want to speak to you for whatever reason. You know? So how did you bridge that first gap, I guess? How did you start building your community? Okay, it's pretty simple, right? Because, uh, first of all, when I build this community, it's, it boils down to a theory. That theory is called the effectual theory. So a lot of our entrepreneurs, right? Yeah. They actually causal thinkers. Causal thinkers is what they teach you in business school. Yeah. But effective thinking is more appropriate for startups. Why? Because we have to learn to leverage. So we always ask ourselves in effective thinking, what are the resources that we can control? Now, this is an important statement. Because why? We are living in a world where we call it vulnerable, uncertain, complex and ambiguous, the VUCA world. The only way for an entrepreneur to succeed is to have resources that they can control. So what are the resources they can control? So we have to ask ourselves, who am I, what I know, and who I know. So these two, who am I, what I know, is within our, you know, it's internal. But who I know is even more important. And this is just three. But imagine if you are just one or maybe 10 people, it's three to the power of 10. That's the amount of resources that you can harness. Mm-hmm. But if you have a community of 3,000, it's three to the power of 3,000. Mm-hmm. That is how powerful a community is. Mm. So I kind of understand now how you work around this community to get everyone to harness the power of the community. So in order to harness the power of the community, you have to change your mindset. It's no longer a command and control kind of world that we are living in. Mm. It is a world where we need to collaborate. We have to co-create and at the same time co-evolve. Has this changed since you started? Yeah. Yeah. Because everyone in our community... Now believe in that right. collaboration, yeah. even collaborative competition. It's no longer this is mine, that's yours, yes. and you keep them separate. Yeah. Th- those silos don't work anymore. We've, it we've seen it doesn't that. work anymore. In yeah. this world today, it doesn't work anymore. Mm-hmm. We have to make sure that we come together because mm-hmm. we, if you want to grow fast and grow far, you need to be together. Mm-hmm. right? And we are teaching all our entrepreneurs to, in our program 
to have this business philosophy. Mm. And it's also part of our core values in E3 to have this philosophy yeah. imparted to all our entrepreneurs. Yeah. And they start to believe because by looking at the action, they see the result. Mm. And more and more entrepreneurs are coming into the community because now they start to realize that they have to collaborate. Mm. Mm. So those who are, you know, those who feel that they should be separate out because of competition or whatnot, then we will let them be. Right. But... We have 3,000 plus people now. You said 3,000 just now. Now it's 3,000 plus. Mm, mm. Right? The numbers have grown. Mm. And the numbers will, be, will grow very rapidly. Yeah. Because the power of the word of mouth from each of these individuals who have experienced the power of community, uh, they are now inviting them, mm. other people mm. to come and join. Mm. So it is self, I won't call it self-service, but it's self-inviting, right. self-selecting yeah. to be in the community. Yeah. For the entrepreneurs out there right now, top of mind, what do you think are their biggest challenges? I mean, we, we speak about whether or not it's getting funding and whether or not it's being accepts the right network. What do you think are the biggest challenges right now for them most of the time to get stuff to market? To go to market? Yeah. It's very simple. Uh, you, you probably need to look at, first of all, uh, Internet, internally and externally. Internally is you have to make sure you have something, a product or a service or a solution that the market wants. Mm. So every time I entrepreneurs, when you build a product, it's not about what you are passionate about or what you want, but you have to understand you are building for them. You're fixing a problem right? or so giving a solution. You must know what they want, yeah. not what they need. Mm. A lot of entrepreneurs talk about what they need mm. or what they should have. Mm. But we have to start with, when you are penetrating the market, you have to start with what they want mm. because that's all they can understand. Mm. But the moment the relationship is built, that's where you can roll out, suggest new ideas or new products mm. based on what they need. Mm. Now, this is called unique buying reason. Mm. So you have to understand the buying reason. Well, once you understand the buying reason, then now how do we go to market? So when we go to market, a lot of entrepreneurs have this misconception that if I use social media, then I will get to the market. No. Mm. So there is a process. Mm. Marketing is a process. Mm. Sales is the end result later on. So you have to understand the entire funnel, mm. Mm. right? So it doesn't mean that when you do social media, you get sales. There are several steps that one will have to really take go through mm. before you end up with a safe conversion, mm, mm. right? And of course, you will tend to optimize that. So a lot of entrepreneurs, when they go to market, they don't think about real go-to-market strategy. Mm, mm. There is no strategy. Mm. Similarly, in business, all our entrepreneurs have no strategy. You ask them what the strategy, they will give you very surface value of their strategy, but they never deep dive down. Mm. and go into real action, mm. right? So all entrepreneurs know strategy and we have to give them the strategy. We also need to teach them the pathway, mm. right? And where eventually you need to go through to internationalize. Now, internationalization is very important because today, if we don't internationalize, we'll be eaten alive. Mm. Why? Mm. The world now is going into this free trade zone. We have ASEP, which is 15 countries, including our ASEAN countries. If you're not ready for 
internationalization where other people are ready. They come into Malaysia and then you're good. So you have to go to other countries right, as well. Right, right. Right? Let's yeah. not talk about ASAP. You got AFTA, you got TCPPP. So all this will eventually shape the world that we are in right now. Mm. So if you cannot think local anymore, we have to think even international mm. and localization. Now, this is great. And these are real good takeaways for entrepreneurs. I'm running out of time here in the studio for today's session, but I guess... For people who are listening at home, and I think I've got about five minutes left, and you're looking at what's happening out there in the startup space and entrepreneurs and and whatever, when you look out there right now and as your final thought, what is it that, I guess, excites you most out there? You know, whether it's, is it fintech? Is it agrotech? Is it data science? Is it AI? Which of these things do you think that people should be really, really looking at? And how are you kind of getting involved with these kind of verticals? That I think technology is going to drive our everyday life, whether it's fintech or agri-tech, meditech, and so on. Mm. I think what's more important, a lot of people fail to recognize it now, is sustainability. Now, I've been to Thailand last, last week. Mm. I have seen how they treat sustainability. They are talking about sustainability since 2018. In Malaysia, we are probably only scratching the surface, but we are actually going against time. Yeah. The time frame now is two years. Yeah. Because by the year 2025, sustainability will be a very big issue. Mm. It will be a requirement. Mm. So we have two years to educate our, not just SMEs, but our micro SMEs as well, Mm. to focus on sustainability. They must have a sustainability plan. And we we make a decision that next year, we will be talking about sustainability and internationalization so that all our members are prepared for sustainability. So when we talk about sustainability, again, as I mentioned just now, we have to learn how to cooperate, we have to learn how to co-create, and we have to learn how to co-evolve, mm. right? And the area that we should be focusing on is bioeconomy. Bioeconomy, circular economy, as well as green economy. You put all these three into the picture, into the equation, you will fulfill your sustainability development goals which is the UN Sustainability Development Goal, right? If you are doing that, then good for you. Because if you are not doing that, the cost of business is going to be very high. Everyone will be asking you, what is your carbon footprint? And if you want to go back to net carbon zero, right, you will have to buy carbon credit. Mm. And that's going to be very expensive. Mm. So everyone now needs to start talking about sustainability. Andrew. Thank you so much for your time today. Yeah. Folks, that was Andrew Wong, CEO of E3 Hubs. If you missed any part of this conversation, I highly recommend you go and download the podcast. Uh, Wherever you listen to it from, I recommend you use the BFM app. That's available in the Apple App Store or Google Play. Uh, For BFM 89.9, I'm Rich Bradbury. Open for business? Register your company with BossBalay.com, Malaysia's first online company secretary. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. 
For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.